You're listening to the Tour Station Western League podcast with Ian Knockholz and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode 16 of the Tool Station Westernly podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I'm delighted to be joined on the line by Mr. Tom Iscott, the editor of the Tool Station Westernly Bulletin. Hello, Tom. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. And yourself? I'm not bad. I had a weekend in Legoland. Oh, OK. How was that? Oh, was brilliant. Yeah, good. I love a bit of Lego. I, say, I feel like you've you've been there before. I've be oh, been there many times. Many times they used to have a, a, a Lego Wembley. I mean, it wasn't the whole Wembley. It was mm-hmm. just sort of a cross section. And I felt that, you know, that was sort of an, enough football for Legoland. But they don't have any football there anymore. They've not got a, they've not got a, a model of the new Wembley. In fact, they've got no models at all, which is fair enough, isn't it? Because, uh-huh. I mean... You know, if you had a model of Old Trafford or Anfield, then you, you're going to alienate certain visitors, I'm sure. But um, that's about as close to Western League football as Legoland's going to get this week. <laughs> One thing I did want to talk about, uh, I've wanted to do this actually for a few weeks now on the podcast, before we get into the uh, the meat and drink of this week's episode, is a bit of a reflection on our listeners. Um, I'm going to talk about this this season but i mean i'm conscious that tom and i we've been doing this um for quite a while now we're very grateful listeners to have your company because if it wasn't for you then we wouldn't be doing this at all Mm -hmm. i think that would be fair to say but we are very well supported and it is uh, you know very enthusiastic and we appreciate that and i couldn't help but have a little bit of a play around with our hosting platform and of course what that provides us with is the statistics now it's no secret um although i don't think i've ever mentioned this before but we do provide toolstation our sponsors with our listener statistics um every month and they've all been they've always been incredibly complimentary and um, very grateful for the coverage that we get for them through the podcast so that's that's a wonderful thing but um that's only half of the story, of course. The real um, story for me and Tom is the people who are listening. And as you would imagine, we do get a lot of listeners from the West Country, which, of course, is is where we are based. So Taunton tops the list of um, of towns and cities that um, uh, that that follow the uh, the podcast in terms of listeners. Um, Bristol is, of course, very high as well, as is London, believe it or not. Um, but would you believe that fourth on the list of locations, uh, cities, this is, uh, that listening to the podcast is Columbus, Ohio. Whoa. So this is an opportunity for us to say hello to mm. our listeners in Columbus, Ohio. You are very, very welcome. Thank you very, very much for listening to us. Now, if we go a little bit further down the list, you'll expect to see places like Trowbridge and Yeovil. Perhaps not so much Trowbridge. Um, this season, of course, with only one Wiltshire side in the uh, in the Western League. But at number eight in our list of the most listened to cities across the world is Marrakesh. Would you believe that, Tom? Of course mm-hmm. it is. That makes absolute perfect sense. It does, doesn't it? But if you are listening to us in Marrakesh in Morocco, then you are very, very, very welcome. Mm. Um, as we go down the list, of course, there are places like Swindon and Plymouth, Bridgewater, of course, Radstock and Bath, Western Supermare. And at number 22, I am pleased to say we have got Athens. Yeah. Athens in Greece. That's what I was so... going to guess. To be fair. <laughs> if you're going to test me, I was going to think I was going to pick Athens out. So that makes again makes perfect sense. It certainly does. There, I'm not going to 
I'm not going to prolong this any longer than <laughs> I need to. But needless to say, other destinations where people listen to us on a weekly basis is Frankfurt in Germany, Sydney in Australia, and um, and Helsinki in Finland. So thank you to all of our listeners. And if any of you would like to get in touch with us on social media, I mean, my my um, my Twitter handle is in the imaginatively titled at Ian Knockholds. Um, then please let us know. In fact, actually, go find us on TS Western League as mm-hmm. well. Let us know where you're listening. You, you, you're incredibly welcome. We we love the fact that people are listening to us from a, across the world, including Ashburn, Virginia, which is a place in America that I didn't even know existed. Oh, yeah. But um, thank you very much for listening to us. You are incredibly welcome. Anyway, that was a very self-indulgent exercise, but I do hope um, that people do get in touch and tell us where they're listening. If you're listening this week, then you're going to be hearing from the Barnstable Town Manager, Craig Laird. And also our First Division Manager is Jamie Hillman, of course, a long-time friend of the Tool Station Western League podcast. He is the Hengrove Town Manager. They had a win this week, which Tom is going to tell us all about. But not before, Tom, we have a look at the fixtures on Saturday, the 12th of November, and we're going to kick off with the FA Vars. Now, I've been bemoaning the FA Vars this season because I don't feel that we've been doing as well as we have done in previous seasons, and I think that was probably borne out with the results on Saturday. A little bit, a little bit. Uh, there was, yeah, three big winners, so I'm glad to glad that we can... We can discuss them. Yeah, as I say, big not just big winners, but yeah, all real uh, comprehensive victories for, for the three sides that have uh, progressed to the next round. We'll kick off at Buckland Athletic, Homer's Heath, where the visitors were Columpton Rangers and they were sent packing. They were, they were. Uh, Buckland didn't, yeah, uh, didn't start the game as they wish and they did actually fall behind uh, after about half an hour or so. Uh, counter-attacking goal put them on the back foot. But yeah, to be fair to... To be fair to them, they they regrouped and um, yeah scored five unanswered goals uh, after the break. Uh, Ryan Bush uh, he managed to spearhead this victory. Really, he opened the score or opened the scoring for Buckland. That is, uh, so levelled affairs uh, five minutes after the restart uh, before scoring again about ten minutes or so later uh, to turn the game in in Buckland's favour. Kieran Badger uh, then pushed the lead out to two with a with a good curled finish, uh, and then it was yeah a couple more goals in in stoppage time that, um, that wrapped this one up. Rob Farkins and Owen Stockton uh, adding to the uh, the big Buckland win. So a 5-1 victory for them, uh, comeback victory over Columpton. Now moving on to Clevedon Town and the visitors there were Mangotsfield United. Mangotsfield have um, uh, recently parted company with their manager. Of course, he was a former uh, manager at um, Kensham Town, John Allen. Uh, and their poor form this season continued at the home of a rampant Clevedon Town. Yeah, pretty, uh, pretty incredible this one. Four uh, 0 victory for Clevedon. Three of those goals uh, coming in the opening uh, 13 minutes. So an incredible uh, opening salvo from uh, from from Clevedon. Uh, Mitch Osmond scoring from long range to to put them ahead within two minutes, so giving them the the dream start. Uh, and then it was a couple of couple of moments later, really, and Ethan Felton had doubled the lead. So uh, yeah, uh, the Seaside is well on top from 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 the off in this one. Uh, Archie Ferris making it three now, as I say, after about 13 minutes or so. So yeah, real real uphill task for Mangotsfield from there. And uh, yeah, the Mangos came nowhere near really. Alex Cab scoring a, a second half penalty to to complete the scoring, and uh, yeah, Clevedon roll on to to the next round. And finally, our FA Vars roundup concludes. Uh, with Bridgewater United. Now, they've been in good form. We know that this season. They've been in such good form, they could give Aston Villa a good game. They certainly saw off L. Burton Villa, Tom. 
They did, yeah. Another another pretty comprehensive victory for one of our sides. 4-0 victory uh, for Bridgewater away at Elburn. Uh, Jack Taylor uh, setting the ball rolling with a, with the penalty. Uh, and then it was, yeah, well, more of the same really after that. David Fawn um, making it 2-0 uh, pretty early in the second half. Uh, before a couple more goals from uh, yeah Jake the uh, Jake Brown uh, the leading scorer made it three as I say and then it was Tom Llewellyn uh, adding a late fourth so yeah another another standout result from Bridgewater absolutely right then progress in the FA Vars continues and of course we did have a few other clubs involved in the FA Vars unfortunately they weren't as successful as the uh, the clubs that we've just talked about we could tell you how they got on but we don't have to because we don't want to linger on uh, on the bad news we only look for the good news and of course we didn't have to look much further than the fa vars draw the third round proper these fixtures will be played on saturday the 3rd of december the draw has been made clevedon town have earned themselves a home draw against new milton town buckland athletic they're at home to Laverstock and Ford. And it's a clean sweep of home ties because Bridgewater United, they will entertain Cribs, formerly of this parish. Let's hope that all of our sides can progress to the last 16 of that incredible tournament. Anyway, that's enough talking about football outside of the Western League. We're going to talk about it inside now. We look at the Premier Division and we kick off at Barnstable Town, where the visitors were Tor Point Athletic. Yeah, we do. It was a pretty, pretty tight contest. Uh, quite a lot of the, well, looking through the, the Premier Division results from the weekend, I think you'd, you'd spot that, yeah, there wasn't a, a whole a whole heap of goals, but there's a lot of tight, tight matches. Uh, recently, we have had a few blowouts, but it wasn't the case on, on Saturday, and it was very much the case at Barnstable. Just a 1-0 win for them uh, at Tour Point, but they'll be more than happy with the three points, and it was Tommy Rogers making the difference, uh, scoring on his first start for the club, so... Uh, yeah, as I say, Rogers scoring there and Barnstable beating to a point by a goal to nil. Now, I can't believe we've got to mid-November and we haven't had a chance to speak to one of our new member clubs. Of course, Barnstable Town joining the Western League this season. So I put that right this week. We spoke to Craig Laird, the Barnstable Town manager, and I started my conversation with Craig by reflecting on that 1-0 win at home at the weekend. And I asked him whether it was as close as the scoreline suggests. Uh, the last 10, 20 minutes were definitely, um, it was a hard match. We we probably dominated the first 10, 20 minutes, uh, got a goal up, uh, controlling the game. Uh, we had a few issues, had a man sin bin, which is uh, uh, the norm, I think, quite a good idea for league as well, the sin bins, and I'm not going to keep I think it's a great idea. Uh, they got back in the game and they met a different team in the second half. We had a man sent off. Um, unfairly, in which we're appealing at the moment, and it, it became a closer game than it needed to be. But like all teams in this division, if, if you, you can't take anyone lightly, we have to show everyone the utmost respect. And they're scrapping for points; they're always a difficult side to play against. Does that win mean that you can put the Mausel result behind you now? A little bit. As I said, the Mausel game, we've had some real close games against Mausel over the last. We've played four times so far this season, which is uh, uh, remarkable in itself. Um, We've we've played really well, and, and to be fair, again that game we did play really well and create lots of good chances. But they took their chances and we didn't. I think if the game was six five or six all, would probably be a fair fair reflection of the game and the chances created. But they were better in both boxes. They defended their box a lot better than us, and and they took their opportunities when they came along. And they're a very good side. They're a very good team. They're very well drilled. So um, yeah, unfortunately we were on the end of a, a bit of a drubbing in the end. 
Well, let's not reflect on that because actually you've been very hard to beat this season. You've only had three defeats. Um, so you must be delighted with the way that your your team has started this season. We have been, yes, yes. So we've, we 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 really worked hard in the summer, moved away from um, uh, this boom and bust that that people have sort of tagged us with from last season. Uh, we've, we've drafted quite a lot of the under 18s. We've worked hard in the summer. We're trying to be organised, and it said hard to be, and 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 trying to be entertained as well at the same time. But the, the, sometimes they both both don't come hand in hand. You have to. First of all, be hard to beat, and that, that's what we've worked on, and and that and showed in our results until the last couple of games. Because obviously, this is a new season um, for Barnstable because you've come down from the Southern League. So, what have you made of the Western League since you've joined it? Uh, I, I think it's it's a tough league. It always has been. As I can remember getting in it with Bridgewater um, a couple of years ago, um, and it's always been a tough tough league, and, and, and it certainly hasn't disappointed me. It's it's tough. You have to take every game. As it comes, you can't take it lightly. You have to respect everybody. And everyone's fighting, aren't they, to get into this new Western League or if not, get promoted up into the Southern League. So I think it's fantastic that, that everyone has this ambition. And it, it, it warrants great for, for teams around the area to push themselves and, and to make it a better league. You've mentioned the word ambition there. What, what are your ambitions for this season? Like all, we want to try and win it. I think that should always be your ambition, whatever club it is and wherever you are. You should always try and win the league. Um, if not, then you then try and fight for the next position. So we're no different to any others. We we tried to carry some momentum from last season because uh, when I took over, I think we had three points. Um, and we nearly caught everybody. We just ran out of games, really. I think if we'd had another month to the league, we probably would have stayed up in that division with the amount of games that we'd won. Uh, we tried to carry into this season and hopefully... Amongst some other good sides, you know, Bridgewater, Shepton Mallet, Mosul, Saltash are flying at the moment. And, and there's a few other clubs around that that, you know, I haven't mentioned that, that probably deserve mentioning that are all fighting for that, those two places. So it's going to be exciting. I think that's brilliant, isn't it? For everyone? Because you, you're placed um, sixth in the league at the moment. But um, I know that the, the phrase, the, the false position is one that's commonly used in, in football. But, I mean, you've got a lot of games in hand uh, over the teams above you. Now, in some respects, I guess that gives you hope. But in, it, as we head into the winter months, it probably gives you a bit of a headache as well, doesn't it? Because, of course, a lot of games yeah. to make up, you know, in a short period of time with injuries and player availability and all the rest of it can be a bit of a headache. It can be. Um, we like to think we're quite organised with the with the players and the players that we signed and the commitment of the players. We haven't gone for some some players that we could have signed uh, just because of the the commitment that they they do. So I think that's the first thing. It look I've, I've looked through the fixtures and it looks like even with we're so far behind, if we just carry on playing every Saturday, we wouldn't have to play an even match. It might only be one game that we'd have to play as an evening match. So why we're so far behind this? It has dumbfounded all, all of us at the club, you know, the committee and myself, and we're trying to look at it and see the reasons why we're so far behind and how it will affect us. But if we manage it properly, we'll, we'll be fine. I'd rather have the points, mind you. I'd rather be in Bridgewater or Salt Ashes position and have the points and, and be six or seven games ahead rather than be where we are. But same thing again. It's great pressure. It tests us, doesn't it? It tests us as a team, it tests us as a club, and hopefully we'll come through. Uh, Plymouth Fireway did it last year, and to win the, the Southern League. Um, they, I think they were about 25 games behind and managed to go on a winning run. So it's been done before and that's what we'll try to have to do. Now, you mentioned before there the restructuring that's going to go on and obviously the merger of the Western League and the Southwest Peninsula League. 
you know, just for argument's sake, if, um, you know, you don't achieve the objective, if you're not able to get up this season, get back to Southern yeah. League football, what, what would uh, that new Step 5 division mean to your club? I mean, is that something that you would welcome? I think, yeah, I think any restructure, if it's a benefit for the area, then it, it can only help. It's, it's, I know clubs from Bristol are having to travel to, to Mosul, which is ridiculous, really, isn't it, for the, main, for the league and the level that it's at. I think I was travelling over to Dover, I don't think it was as far when I was in the conference over the Western. So, yeah, it, I think any restructure will hopefully help all the local clubs, and, and, and especially with the climate that we're in with, with travelling and floodlights and trying to run a football club. That's cost just enough money, just let alone the wages. So, um, important that you know the clubs are looked after, and hopefully the leagues are looking at that. Um, the structure in itself, if we are where we are, then that, that's it. Whether we go into the, I think the northern division or the southern division, and I think that's how it's going to go. Either the Cornwall and Devon or the Bristol side. I think that's how they're looking at restructuring. And we're probably right on the cusp. We'll just have to take it as it comes if we are still in this division. But we're on the journey. We've got a three, four-year plan where you know we're trying to bring through the youth players to play we're nowhere near where we want to be at the moment we're just in the infancy of our journey so where a couple of other clubs are a little bit ahead of us uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to talk a little bit about your experience at Weston a bit later in the interview but it does it always fascinates me to talk to managers particularly at the moment you know coming out of the pandemic at our level when we are looking at um, clubs that are sometimes struggling to get you know a full roster out on a Saturday afternoon and of course that has a great deal of impact on your ability to be competitive and also actually our ability as a league to be to be competitive but i mean was this something is this something that at a higher level of the game that you've noticed that actually you know men's adult football on a saturday afternoon is there a dwindling player pool from which to definitely, choose from definitely is it yeah i totally agree there is yeah yeah um, i i think it it's not just through the pandemic as well i think it's through um, academy football and I've had quite a few chats I've worked in academies and I think we get young players and at such a young age at seven years old eight years old and they could have played 10 years football by the time they're 18 and I think they're getting burnt out a little bit whereas when you know I don't want to go on and sound like an old man which I, well, I am but you know when <laughs> we were growing up you would play in the streets with your friends you'd play a bit of school football a bit of rep football there wasn't this massive focus on on playing football like at a competitive level it wasn't until you about 14 that you go into like the pro clubs. So I think a lot of young players are getting burnt out. They're getting released by the pro clubs. And then I think they're just losing heart with the game. They'd be deflated, aren't they? You know, from being told that they've got to give up four or five days a week to become a professional. And then when they get to 16, they're just getting dumped on the streets. And I think that's having a massive effect on some of our younger players. Let's get back to... Um... Um, Barnstable Town and your fixtures coming up this Saturday you're playing Bridgewater United uh, of course they've been leading the league for a long time that's going to be a massive test for you isn't it? Def definitely I, th I think like I said earlier on in the I think all the games in this level are, are a massive test but some are always going to be a little bit bigger than other games uh, they've had a great run I know Soltash have, have caught them up which is good for the league and good for everybody else but they're a good side, you know. I've, I've watched them a few times. I've been to see them. Um, they're well organised. They've got a structure. They've been playing together now for three or four years, and you can see that now is it's now shown in their performances and their results. And they'll be one of the, the, the teams that are looking to go up. And I think they'll do well in the league above if they were to win promotion. But like everything, we have to do our best to try and beat them, and we will be in, on Saturday. And it will be a tough game for us, no doubt. 
as we said right at the top of the interview, this is the first time we've had Barnstable Town on the Tool Station Western League podcast. So they're going to be fans here listening to this, uh, wondering what a day out at Mill Road is like. So, Craig, this is your opportunity. This is your wish-you-were-here moment. Can you tell us, can you sell us a Saturday at Mill Road? A Saturday afternoon at Mill Road. Well, my Saturday afternoon at Mill Road probably starts at about one o'clock in the afternoon as I'm preparing for the game. But I know a lot of the Bridgewater supporters that will be coming on Saturday, and, and they're fantastic support and fantastic people. And they'll enjoy the day there. Um, it's a friendly ground. Um, there's plenty of food there and plenty of drink. Um, the, the town itself is nice as well as they wanted to, to go into the town and, and hopefully enjoy a good game of football. We always try to put on an entity and game of football. Sometimes that's not always possible, but the result is more important than, than the uh, the performance sometimes, but we'll always do our best to put on an entertaining game. I think most people have come down to Mill Road over the last six months to a, a year have, have enjoyed the football. Excellent stuff. Now, before I let you go, there's one final yeah. question I'd like to ask, and it's the, it's the question I ask all the managers for the first time I speak to them on the podcast and that is can you tell me about your personal journey to the Barnstable dugout my personal journey crikey how long have we got we've got as long as you want Craig (laughs) (laughs) and mine's probably a lot longer than a couple of younger managers Um, I played in a non-league football around the South West for for years and then um, always wanted to be a manager or be a coach anyway the manager side of what I fell into but I always wanted to be a coach went off and did my badges managed Bridgewater for a couple of years and won promotion with them up into the, the Southern League um, and then went to Western Supermare in the Conference South and had four wonderful years there. Then I went to West to Weymouth um, and assist, was assistant manager there for uh, a season until I joined Dorchester. And then from Dorchester, I went to Yate. And Yate came and asked me to become their manager. But I said, sometimes it doesn't always work as, as you want. Um, I was going to go and help Larkle. Um, Larkle had come in for me last season and said, well, I go and help their manager, um, which I was just about to do, and then had a phone call out the blue from Bill um, asking me what I was doing, um, that I was, uh, you know, quite nice. Um, and, yeah, <laughs> went into the job from there and, and excited about what they were trying to do as well at the club. So the Bill's come in. He's got a lot of work to do. I don't think we'll see what he's got to do until another 12 months, I think, then the things will start to, to take shape. But um, I was excited about what his proposals were. Working under Mickey Wadsworth as well, who was uh, um, England um, assistant uh, under Bobby Robson and worked from under Newcastle, um, was high up in the FA. So having that experience to work with as well and to learn from was, was you know, a no-brainer for me. And my thanks to Craig for his time. Now, moving on to Helston Athletic, where the visitors were Cadbury Heath. Yeah, absolutely. As I say, another another tight contest. Just two goals in this one, but it was, yeah, both coming for the home side. Uh, Helston, Helston moving up into, into seventh spot after this one. Uh, and it was a first half double from Tom Payne that was uh, the difference between the sides here. So, yeah, Helston uh, rolling to a 2-0 victory at home to Cadbury Heath. Our final game in the Premier Division features Sherbourne Town against a rampant Saltash United. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Saltash, obviously, we've um, yeah discussed Bridgewater earlier in the pod and the fact they're in uh, cup uh, cup action. So Saltash took advantage uh, and uh, they have gone uh, gone top. Uh, a 2-0 win for them. Uh, away at Sherbourne's done the business for them. They've jumped into 
jumped into the uh, the league lead, and it was yeah potentially a little bit of pressure on them to do so because obviously they would have had this uh, this carrot dangling. Uh, but it was uh, yeah very much uh, another victory for them. Mike Smith uh, making making uh, making the early inroads after just nine minutes converting across from Alex Cairo, uh, and then it was. Uh, Harrison Davis uh, set piece pretty late on uh, that, that that wrapped things up. So as I say, it was a another one of these tight games on Saturday, but Sherborne just and and un, un, uh, unfortunate not to grab a grab an equaliser and it's Saltash who scored late to make it two 0 If you're thinking Tool Station, I know they'll save me money, but do they have all the top brands? You know, Dewalt, Makita, Einhell, Stanley, Myra, Kudox, Nest, and Santex. Yeah. They do. Over 15,000 trade quality products in the range from the leading brands with prices that are hard to beat. If you want a helping hand to save on your next job, try Toolstation. With over 300 branches, there's always a Toolstation near you. Uh, Now we move on to the first division and we'll kick things off at Brislington. Of course, they've been in very good form and that form continued at home to Bishop's Lydiard. It did, yeah. And this was, uh, yeah, very much... Uh, the case in, in the first division, a little bit more scoring going on. Uh, a 4-1 victory uh, for Brislington in this one. Uh, yeah, they did really well uh, after the break, to be fair. Danny Doddymead putting them ahead uh, after after 27 minutes. Uh, but then it was, uh, yeah, Jordan Ricketts doubling their advantage early in the second half. So, as I said, it was only 1-0 at the break, uh, but they did push on after that. Uh, the lid's managing to, to then trim the deficit. Uh, but it was, uh, yeah, Brislington, obviously, in their uh, lofty league position, uh, adding a couple more goals, uh, running running out pretty comfortable victors, and that was Oakland Buck and James Dunn scoring in the closing stages of that one. So a four-one win for Brislington over Bishop's Lydiard. Well, five goals at Brislington to talk about, seven at Hengrove Athletic, and again, pretty much one-sided affair here. Tom Warminster, their form has been improving in recent weeks, but um, it hit the buffers at Hengrove. It did, yeah, and there was uh, one man that really did most of the damage here, Jack Jones, uh, the individual performance of the day, I think it'd be fair to say. He scored four of Hengrove's five on, on Saturday, so uh, a mention for, mention for Jack, uh, but it wasn't him who actually struck first for, for Hengrove in this one. That was Alfie Hemmings uh, putting them ahead uh, before an own goal pretty soon after levelled affairs, so uh, Warminster got back into the game. Uh, but then it was Jones who very much yeah came to the fore, as I say, uh, striking twice at the end of the first half to, to put Hengrove uh, free one ahead at the interval. Uh, but yeah, Warminster, to their credit, battled back again. Uh, and that was Spencer Diamond uh, halving the deficit on this occasion. But uh, yeah, Jones, as well as as, it, as is clear, uh, scored twice more uh, during the second half. And uh, yeah, both in the final 20 minutes, uh, helping uh, Hengrove romp really to a 5-2 win over, as you say, an informed Warminster. So a really good result from Hengrove. Uh, the Hengrove manager, Jamie Hillman, has been uh, almost ever present, I think, over the years that Tom and I have been doing the um, the Tool Station Western League podcast. So it's always a pleasure um, to talk to Jamie. And this was the perfect occasion to reflect on five goals scored in one game. And I started my conversation with Jamie by stating the obvious, really. You must have been happy with that. Well, I'm delighted to welcome back to the Tool Station Western League podcast, Jamie Hillman, the manager of Hengrove Athletic. Jamie, thanks very much for taking uh, the time to speak to us. And uh, five goals in one game, so you must be very happy with that. Yeah, it's, uh, I think it's one of those that's been coming for a little while, if I'm honest. Um, we were thoroughly deserved winners, if, if I'm honest. We, um, we started the game really well and, and carried it on through. 
Because uh, you've had a difficult run of results recently, haven't you? I mean, you've, you've come up against some very good sides in Brislington, Nailsey, and, uh, and of course, our league leaders, Wells. Um, so I guess back-to-back wins against Bocco and Warminster is the perfect way to, to, to address that, um, that difficult spell. Yeah, definitely. It, it's good to get you know back-to-back wins. We haven't done that too often, if at all, this season. Um, and yeah, we we have you know we we've come up against some some good sides of late. Um, we've we probably you know the Nelsey game we didn't do ourselves justice at all. We we made it far too easy for them, although they were clinical. Whereas in Wells, we we did all right against both of those. If if I'm honest, we played okay. Um, although the scorelines don't suggest that, but. Yeah, we we did. We more than held our own against those two. I mean, are you a bit disappointed that perhaps you didn't um, take a, fa- a famous scalp? Because of course you were the first team this season to beat Oldland, um, and that was when Oldland were on a, a on a fantastic run. So clearly, you know, you know uh, what Hengrove are capable of. Yeah, I think that we, you know, if if we turn up on our day, um, we're more than a match for anybody. If, if I'm honest. Um, the games against, like I say, the games against Briz and Wells. Wells, we went down there and we had a few players, a few players out. And but we, like I say, we give a good account of ourselves. They, they show why they were, why they're top of the league in, in the end. But you know, if, if we take our chances, and it might be different. And, and Briz, very much the same. You know, I think that we started off really well against Briz. Um, they pegged us back to go in front by half time. And it was it was fairly even in the second half. You know, their goalkeepers made some great saves. In all fairness, um, and they scored two late goals. And you know, like I say, we we did ourselves a justice, but we we still come away with no points. And I think that's the, our biggest frustration is that we we know that we've dropped a lot of points this season that we should have should have had on the board. Um, you, you said um, if you turn up. You know, and it's your day. You know, you're going to be a match for anyone. So, what does your day look like? I mean, is it is it about selection issues for you, or you know, have you got inexperience in the side, and it's just a question of whether you get the rub of the green on the day? I think it's a combination of everything. To be honest with you, we're yes, we are we are a young side, um, which most teams know that. Um, but to be to be perfectly honest, you know, these we, we've got couple more younger lads this year but you know some of ours from last year that played they were only 16 last year this year they're 17 so although they're still young lads they've you know they've got a little bit of experience under their belt now and we certainly don't look to make excuses for that you know and I'm constantly saying I'm kind of fed up of hearing you know you've got some good young players and you're a good side and this that and the other you know we have to turn performances into points now and that's what that's what we're looking to do get a bit of consistency um which you know hopefully now we can go on a on a little run ourselves so what were your ambitions going into this season um to be to be more competitive than what we were last year if i'm honest which i think we are you know like i say we're we're disappointed like no doubt all, all the teams in the league will look back and think we drew that game we should have probably won and we, we've lost that game that we could have probably drew and things like that but there are genuine games this season where we've dropped points that you know we should have another 10 points at least on our tally and we, we want to be competing we're not you know we're not in the league just to make up the numbers we've we first joined the league back in oh, I don't know 2006 I think it was um, and we've always been competitive and, and we want to continue to do that I, I do think 
it's getting a little bit harder um, at the moment because you know other clubs got better resources than us. It's as simple as that. Um, but what we have to do is try to keep our group together and hopefully progress progress on up the league. Because obviously we've been speaking for quite a few years on the podcast, and I you know you, I remember our conversations when you took. Hengrove into the Premier Division of the Western League. I mean, ultimately, if we were talking about your longer-term ambitions for the side, is that something that you'd like to do again? Yeah, definitely. You know, is I think the one thing that probably in the past is that players turned down very good offers and stayed at Hengrove. In you know, we've always been a club that tried to sign players from more local leagues, if you like, in you've got to have that hope that players stick around you know we, we've lost uh, three or four I guess this season where they've had offers that they felt are, are too good to turn down and that that's something you have to put up with what we have to try and do is try to make our club is as good as possible where players don't want to leave where players want to stick around and, and you need that you need that little bit of continuity that we had in the past and you know it takes a couple of good wins early on in the season and, and you get build a bit of momentum and that's you know that's what we did in the past and that's certainly what we're looking to do again I mean the Premier Division has obviously changed somewhat since um, where you were last in it not least because of the distances concerning games you know regularly now in, in, in Devon and in Cornwall and I guess for a club like Hengrove and you know you've, you've, you've always had modest means I don't think that's a great secret to anybody um, I guess that would have been quite a challenging prospect, but with the prospect of the new league starting next season, the merger with the Southwest Peninsula League, and the um, you know the new Step Five um, set up as well, it, does that actually make the, the goal of promotion a lot more desirable for you and for the people running Hengrove Athletic? Um, probably, I, I guess. But in all honesty, I think that if you're in it you have to be in it and if you you know if if you're good enough to go up then have a good go and, and compete you know I, I admire a team like Backwell who who are doing it and they're going up and competing um, against the sides that are in the Premier Division now you know I, I think as a football club you know we, we've had a lot of change off the field as well as on the field um, over the last few years and, and we've you know I've openly said we're rebuilding the football club again it's not just a team you know this year we've got a reserve side for the first time we've now got an under 18 which is full of lads that can still qualify to play under 16 level so we're hoping that we're going to have a bright future and there, there was we seen I think it was this week last week you know Westbury signed the lad on a two year contract I think something along those lines and it wasn't so long ago you know you three, four seasons ago, we were beating Westbury 9-0 on the opening game of the season. <laughs> you know, when we when we won promotion and that, and you see the, the path that the two clubs have taken since, is, you know, we're capable as a football club. Um, and, you know, we only need that little, I don't know, little spark maybe um, to kick us on. And if we can do that, then the club can certainly go places. I mean, I've always enjoyed my visits to the AVB I always get the impression Jamie that, that you don't enjoy my business <laughs> as much as I do because it's normally because um, Rad, Radstock or Devizes have, have, have managed to win, yeah. yeah but on a serious note I mean you, I, th- I think you've got a lovely football club I'm, I think Mike Greatbanks is a lovely lovely guy obviously Malcolm O'Connor he's involved with you as well 
you know, it's a. I've always felt that it's a really friendly club. You know, it's a, it's a club I really enjoy visiting because I know it's got a great friendly atmosphere. And that little spark that you're talking about that you know was able to kick Westbury on to the next level. And I have to say, actually, you know, I know the I know Westbury very well, and and, and they are a they're a lovely football club, but. We really need to get more fans through your turnstiles, don't you? Because I think, you know, you're, in some respects, Jamie, I think you're perhaps the best-kept secret in the Western League. Yeah, you know, we, we say that. I think our attendances have been up this season on what they have previously. but And that is it, you know. We haven't got enough, the old thing, we haven't got enough chimneys around by our football club, if you like. So there's not enough houses around there where people maybe all pop to the local football club. We do need more supporters through, like, like most clubs, in all fairness. Um, we do need more supporters through the gate and hopefully if we can we have gained a few supporters this year where they've came they've seen us as a, as a young side who on our day can be as entertaining as anyone you know and if we can continue to put in performances then maybe more people will want to come back and uh, watch us again well let's talk about your next game then and that is Wells City our league leaders there you've got them at home on on Saturday that's going to be a massive um test for you but given what you said about your last performance against them I I I imagine it's one that you don't have any fear for no I, I think that like I say we we went down to Wells and I think Sean will probably say that it wasn't their greatest performance you know I think he was he was quite open and honest about that but I would hope that he'd, he'd be the first to admit that we didn't make it easy for them either. Um, you know, we, we went down there. I had Rob Cousins played for us, and a, a lot of people know Rob Cousins in the um, in the local scene. You know, he's 52, 51, I think he is now. He came in, played 90 minutes because we were patched up, did fantastically well, and no doubt is having a little moan at me because I haven't picked him since. reserves, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but. You know, and that was that was how it was. We, we we competed well. What I will say about Wells and they're they're a very good side. You know, they've got players that can hurt you all over the pitch, um, and in various different ways, whether they're passing the ball, whether they're from set plays. And and we have to be at our very best, you know. We like I say, we competed. We weren't necessarily at our best and we missed some chances. They took the chances they had. Um, albeit maybe one or two were a bit fortunate if you like but that's that's what happens sometimes when you're at the top of the league you know you, you get that rub of the green and certainly they're going to come to us thinking they can get the three points and I, I perfectly understand that but we're definitely not going to roll over and, and just let them take them you know they're going to have to work hard for them I mean if you look at the table obviously Wells are leading a, a group of three sides um, uh, Wells, Nelsey and, and Brislington then you've got um, a little bit of a gap down to Oldland Abertonians. I mean, do you, do you see the league winners coming from that top three, or do you think there's a twist to be had in this season yet? I, I think that we were actually talking about this on the weekend about teams that have, you know, which team has been the standout team for us this season. And it, it's strange because, you know, we, we played Wincans in the first game of the season, for example, and they were a lot of people's favourites, and they beat us 4 1. 4 1's 4 1 at the end of the day, you know. But it was two real late goals in we probably we were a bit disappointed we didn't get something, you know. Brislington, we lost one nil away, missed a penalty, did okay. Again, we lost four one a couple of weeks ago and it was two goals in injury time and again we came away thinking we we should have done something. I think Wells for me have probably been the better team out of the top group that we faced. Um we we let Nelsey, we were two um 
we were too open and we, you know, we give Nelsie some poor goals when we played them, although they were really clinical and Nelsie seemed like they have the attitude that, you know, if you score five, we'll score six. And they keep <laughs> coming at you and, and that's, and you know, that's full credit to them. You know, they're new to the league, they're on the crest of a wave and, you know, there's no reason why they can't keep going. Um, but I think, you know, outside of outside of Wells and Briz, just looking at their squads, it'll take a real a real special season for someone to finish above those, I think. Um and, you know, as I say, we were we were talking about who's been the better team. We you know, we were probably were impressed with um Lebec or should I say F C Bristol. Mm-hmm. They weren't bad. Um and they're gonna be up up there competing, whether they can get up into that top three I'm not sure um, and the other one you, you just and it is strange because they always seem to be in the bottom half it was Bishop's Lydiard when we went down to there it was always a tough place to go but they all knew what they were doing you know they yeah. all knew what their teammates were doing they were set up right Westy down there and, you know he, he's a good football man and yeah he had them going right but I think I think out of them I think Wells are probably my favourite for the league Um just for the fact that Briz have all the all the Bristol sites who are competing with them and obviously there's a lot of things go around and Briz are paying money here, there and everywhere, but that makes no difference whatsoever, you know. It, it does in terms of getting players, but they've still got to go out and perform. You know, so it's it's, it's not a case of always whoever spends money and, and again, a lot of it's just rumours anyway. But yeah. it's it's not a case of that. You you could have all the money in the world if if you can't get your team playing, it makes no difference whatsoever. I don't think it's necessarily as easy as just we've got a load of money and that's it. I think that, you know they're a, a good side, a very good squad. Um, they've got a couple of people out injured, and if they can get them back and add it to old favourites of of your show and like our ex players like Asa White and people like that, you know they're going to have a very good season as well. And my thanks to Jamie for his time now we'll move on to Southfield's recreation ground last week of course Tom we had Ray Johnson on the Tool Station Western League podcast the Radstock Town Manager and he was talking about how close the Miners have come to getting that first win of the season we're in November we're in mid-November Radstock Town of course who last season were in the playoffs Yet to record that first league win of the season. But Ray, talking about the rebuilding job he's done, talking about how close they got. Well, they weren't close. They got over the line on Saturday against Longwell Green. Finally, uh, three points for, for Radstock. It's, uh, it's, yeah, it has been a long time coming. A, a victory uh, over Longwell Green. And uh, yeah, I think we, we noted their recent improvements, didn't we, to be fair? So finally, they paid off. Uh, and yeah, it was goals from Jack Farron and Kieran Cooper leading them to a 2-1 triumph. So yeah, really good going from Radstock. Hopefully, hopefully they can keep it going. Because obviously, it's never nice to see teams drop off the bottom. So if they can keep picking up points and and catching catching those ahead, then uh, yeah, we've got a better 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 league all round. So a good win for Radstock at home to Longwell Green Sports. And one final game to talk about in the first division. Shire Hampton against Bristol Telephones. Now, I, I wouldn't go as far as to say that, that Shire Hampton hung up on Bristol Telephones. Mm. It, it was more like they cut them off. They, they, well, yeah, they really did. And they're uh, yeah continuing to impress, really. I think I'd, I think I'd check this right. And they're unbeaten since since early September. So, uh, yeah, Shire Hampton, definitely a team to team to watch. Uh, a 5-0 victory at home to, to the phones for them. Uh, Scott Bamford, star of the show. Uh, yeah, he scored um, scored a hat trick of his own uh, to 
to lead them to victory here. Uh, he, I think he'd opened the scoring. Uh, yeah, only goal in the first half came from Bamford, in fact. And then, yeah, a couple more, a couple more in the closing stages to help round out the victory. So, yeah, as I say, Shirehampton, um, yeah, long unbeaten run continues and a big 5-0 win for them over the Bristol Telephone on Saturday afternoon. Who needs Patrick when you've got mm, Scott? Absolutely. Right, Saturday the 19th of November, we're going to take a look ahead into the future. We've got a lot of games coming up in the Premier Division and the First Division, Tom. Where are, Where is your attention focused on Saturday? Plump four, Helston versus Welton. So, uh, yeah, uh, I just want to kind of see how Welton uh, bounce back. Uh, suffered a, a pretty ignominious nine-goal defeat at Saltash, who obviously are a very decent side, so it's not a, yeah, it's not... Not like they're going to be doing that every week. Uh, well, but yeah, how will they how will they bounce back from uh, that heavy defeat? And obviously, Helston three straight wins now in, in all competitions, so not an easy place to go to do such a thing. But yeah, it'll be uh, interesting to see how well and get on. Absolutely, the Green Army there marching mm. down to Cornwall. I'm sure they'll give their side plenty of support. Um, my attention is drawn by the game, the top of the table clash. We could easily call it between Barnstable Town and Bridgewater United. We know how well Bridgewater have been going this season and of course after that FA Vars victory I'm sure they'll be looking to return to winning ways in the league but Barnstable you know they've been making very good progress plenty of games to catch up upon they're very much in the mix at the top of the Premier Division table this game could have big consequences for both sides but it could have bigger consequences for the sides that are in the chase. So that's where my attention is on Saturday, the 19th of November. And to the best of my knowledge, listeners, that is a two o'clock kickoff. Uh, Remember, we did say uh, recently on the podcast, we're going to try and keep an eye out for these fixture changes. A huge number of fixture changes. Of course, the FA Vars is part of the reason for that, with teams being knocked out and games being brought forward. But also now we're seeing changes in games because games are being brought forward to two o'clock. The game I went to, of course, only... Uh, a week or so ago at Wellington was a two o'clock kickoff um, so that clubs could save a little bit of money on their um, floodlights and um, there'll be plenty more of that over the winter months. Now, first division, Tom, the first division of the Tool Station Western League, which game has caught your imagination mm-hmm. there? Good for Wincanton, one of your faves. Uh, they take on uh, FC Bristol. And obviously, Wincanton weren't, weren't one of the sides we mentioned just now, but they did get a, a big five-goal win of their own uh, on the weekend. So, yeah, can they continue their a pretty decent run against top top six opposition in uh, FC Bristol? It'll be good to, good to see. So, yeah, Wincanton versus FC Bristol. Well, in football, of course, we all know about good quality second-tier leagues. Um, everyone loves the championship uh, and the race into our Premier Division. But... On this occasion, Tom, I think the first division has really conjured up some absolutely fantastic fixtures. Um, Warminster Town, will they bounce back against AEK Bocco? Oldland Abertonians, of course, one of our really strong contenders early in the season. They come up against Shirehampton, who've been in rampant form, as we just discussed a few moments ago. Hengrove Athletic, can they can, can they keep their good run of form up against Wales City? These are all the questions that are being asked. The game that I'm focused on is Cheddar against Radstock Town. These two sides... Somerset sides uh, aren't separated geographically by a huge distance. Um, Cheddar, I always maintain that Cheddar probably playing one of the most picturesque locations in the world. I think the Theatre of Cheese is an incredible ground. And listeners, if you've not been there, you need to go. Radstock Town, 
Does Ray Johnson's revolution continue at Cheddar? Cheddar aren't the Cheddar of old, so Radstock have got a chance. But Cheddar will be competitive in this game, I'm absolutely sure. So that's where my focus is on Saturday, the 19th of November. And both of those ties that we've discussed there are three o'clock kickoffs. To the best of my knowledge, um, Portishead, Titherington Rocks and Warminster are all looking to kick things off at two o'clock, as are Almondsbury against Nowsey and Tickenham. Right then, Tom, one last job to do, and that is to reflect on our leading goal scorers at the moment um, as we head towards the World Cup. I know that professional football seems to have taken a pause, but we, of course, will continue. So we'll be talking about the, the leagues next week, but what about the leading goal scorers at the moment? Yes, absolutely. So uh, I think uh, we're kind of doing a little variety with this. So I'm going to this week, we're going to look at the league goals only. Uh, So uh, this is all courtesy of the FA full time website. So if any any uh, disputes come up, that's where to head to to, to voice (laughs) those. That's where to put your letters. Absolutely. Send them to the FA. That's the one. Uh, So in the Prem, we've got Jake Brown of uh, Bridgewater. 16 league goals for him. He's top of the top of the charts at the moment. Harry Foster of Street uh, with 13. Curtis Damrell in a, well, yeah, I'd say a struggling tour point side. He's doing really well. 12 league goals. Uh, and then 10 apiece from Buckland's Josh Webber and Harry Stevens of Ilfra uh, And then in the first, we've got two blokes uh, on 21 league goals, which is, yeah, some going at this stage of the season. Sasha Tong of FC Bristol. And he's been uh, he's been caught recently by Jack Thorne of Nailsy and Tickenham. So those two are uh, joint top at the moment. Luke Bryan of uh, Odd Down hoping to to regain his crown. He's just one goal behind, so he's definitely up there again. 20 goals uh, already in the league for, for him in, in the in the Bath side this year. And then 17 for Scott Bamford of Shirehampton, who we mentioned earlier in the pod. So, yeah, that's uh, that's how the league, uh, league top scorers are looking at the moment. All of those statistics, of course, along with the fixtures, uh, the league tables, pretty much everything that we've discussed on this week's episode of the podcast is available in your excellent bulletin, Tom. And just in case we've got some, we might have some new listeners. You know, do. we've got Barnstable on for the first time ever. Uh, where can they find your bulletin? Uh, that is on the Tool Station Western League uh, official website. Excellent stuff. Tom, thank you so much for your time. Pleasure. And I look forward to catching up with you next week on the Tool Station Western League podcast. <laughs>